What's going on, Coach? Welcome to week number three of the Las Vegas high school football season. How you doing? Doing well, doing well, flying by. Can you believe it? Week three, Coach Lou, the Coach Lou and I show, the third show, and uh, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I mean, it is crazy that it's already week three. I feel like we, everybody in the town and across, well, really in Vegas, uh, was waiting for football season to arrive, and now here we are. It's already week three, but crazy enough, some teams haven't been able to play a game yet. And they were supposed to play one or even two games. And here we are. We're sitting here and some teams are getting ready to play their first game this week. Yeah. And we talked about that when we first kicked off in our first podcast that, you know, we just hope and pray that the season isn't all disjunct and, and, and broken up and everything. And we start to experience that. But I also think that, you know, you know, after last week's schedule, there still was, I believe, something like 12 games. And so I'm glad that the numbers are on the higher end and not the, you know, what we we were afraid of where there'd be like seven games one week and eight games the next week. So, you know, there have been still some uh, some pitfalls with the COVID thing. And, um, you know, but I hope for the future, and I'm sure you do too, that we just still keep on getting a strong number of like, I believe 14 games this week, if we hold out to Friday and it being Wednesday night, you know, if we can do that, we could have 14 games a week. That would be awesome. If we could get 14 games every week, I think everybody would take that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all knew that this season was going to be impacted with, with COVID and everything else going on, but if there's one or two games canceled a week and everyone else can play and, you know, ideally that number will get down to zero, but we'll take it. You know, at least we're playing football and, you know, some of the craziness is, is gone. So. Yeah. And we'll all celebrate, including you and I, when we can do a, a week of reflection or a, a week of picks where we have a full slate. I know that I'm, I'm, anticipating that and uh i i i am hopeful that that would be something that i that that'll happen for us this year that we can be excited about pulling picking a full slate of games yeah i, th I think we'll see it i think we'll see it by the end of the year um, you know and as far as the season sorry coach uh going fast you know i just in mind i reflected you know we've been to so many camps together and so much stuff and it's like so crazy how when we used to go to boise state every year and we talk about man we're you know camp's coming camp's coming after spring ball next thing you know we were in camp and we're like can you believe it next thing you know we're going to be in the third week of the season and then it'll be the ninth week and sure enough it gets back in it and us as coaches and other players and everybody in the football world you start start doing what you do and getting into that football life and it flies boy it really does yeah, I was I was actually telling someone at work the other day, I was like, this is the first year, well, not 2021, but collectively this past year, year and a half has been the first year of my life that my life did not the first year since I was like 14 years old or 13 years old that my life did not revolve around football season. Mm -hmm. And it was just, a you know, an interesting experience. Yeah, I mean, shit. Not by choice, but here we are, and we love it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think we can get into uh, a couple of the highlights from last week, and then uh, I got another question for you, and then we'll jump into the picks. All right, sounds great. 
Uh, definitely, let's uh, look into reflecting on some games from last week. Uh, I think we both agreed that we wanted to reflect on the Shadow Ridge Silverado game, right, Coach Lou? Yeah, you know, that game I thought was possibly a preview of the 4A state championship or semifinals. You know, I'll have to take a look at the bracket and how it works, but um, that is that is a game that I thought could be a preview of a really meaningful game down the road in the season. And I picked Shadow Ridge in a, in a close battle and Silverado came out and uh, let their wrath be felt, I guess you could say. They went up early and they did it through the air, which was surprising. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that Coach Evans went and told uh, Andy that we were talking, uh, talking a little mess on the podcast about how it was going to be a 1980s-style football game running I-Pro against the triple option, and he came out, and they, I think they had three or four passing touchdowns in the game. So that was the most surprising thing for me. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I know and love Andy. Yeah, I know him for a long, long time, 20-something years. And Coach Asalaza, you know, yeah, he is, he's synonymous with a run game. I know all the way back to when we started coaching, we opened up Desert Pines uh, back in uh, 99, and he was all about a ground and pound. He worked, uh, you know, Andy had coached at Cimarron and with uh, Spencer and Smeltz, and, and they were all about that, you know, I pro pound the ball, pound the ball. And Andy never got away from that. And I still believe that that's his heart. But, you know, we always talk about as high school coaches, when we talk about personnel, if you're given a certain cast of personnel that a good coach will adapt to their personnel. And I've talked to Andy last year about this kid that they had young quarterback that he told me this kid's good. He's legit. And I said, okay. And, uh, you know, he's obviously proven to be legit and he's still young, you know? And so I think it's a great coach job for you to utilize what the, what the personnel that you're given. So Andy's being given a, a quarterback that can throw the ball and he's always going to have the run game and, you know, they complement each other and the, you know, no pun intended, but the, uh, the air game took flight at Silverado. So, you know, good for them. And, Surprise Shadow Ridge, I'm sure. And uh, yet they, I definitely think that they've made a great case for a stronghold as one of the top teams, if not the top team in the 4A, Coach. Yeah, absolutely sitting in that number one spot. And let's see how the season progresses. I'm sure Coach Foster is going to get his guys back on track this week. But uh, that was definitely a statement win for, for Silverado and uh, the coaching staff over there. So, with that, I think the biggest, maybe not the biggest, but one of the most notable games in the 5A last week was definitely Arborview versus Faith Lutheran. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I know when we when we picked the games, I know I had a 24-17, and you had uh, you actually had Arborview winning 28-17. Uh, but we both picked a close game. I think we both alluded to the fact that they probably would battle. Uh, but, you know, Arborview came out and after a, after a pretty convincing defeat against Liberty, uh, they got things corrected. You know, they're going with that spread offense and they uh, 
they basically opened it up against Faith Lutheran. And what even more impressive than the spread offense and them throwing the ball and no more double wing was the defense coach. The defense of our review, surprisingly for me, I mean, because I think the Faith Lutheran is a well-coached team and you know they get an opportunity to pick their Jimmys and Joes at points to hold them to three points, coach. I mean, you know, as a defensive guy, I think that's where we hang a medal on them is right there. What do you think? Yeah, I saw that Arborview had a running back, a young running back that had a really great game. And I saw that they held Faith Lutheran to three points. I did, you know, we actually got a chance to go watch Faith scrimmage DP and Gorman and Faith struggled quite a bit. And I think that last week I talked about it. Mike Sanford, typically a spread offense guy, mobile quarterback, running the read option. Um, when we saw him in the scrimmage, they were in, you know, 21 personnel running power and ISO and trap. So I don't know what's going on with the personnel. I think Arborview obviously did a great job against Faith. Um, looking forward, I don't know what Faith's offense is going to be. Uh, we don't have a great gauge because they didn't play week one and week their game week one was canceled. And then week two, uh, they got beat by Arborview. And I think Arborview is going to continue to get better like we talked about. I think that Coach Gerber and his staff are, have weapons. They have talent. And getting out of that double wing is going to open them up to be able to do more things and you know be able to put their kids in positions to make plays and get recruited. Uh, they're skill guys, and so I think that's important. Uh, but I don't know what faith is going to be. I really don't because, you know, they didn't get a chance to play their game against Legacy, which would have been an interesting gauge game. And then Arborview, you know, I, I just don't see Arborview ever really falling back to, you know, uh, you know, not being a good football team. So, um, yeah, it's just it was just an interesting game, and we'll have to see where it goes from here. And I think you might get some answers. We might get some answers because Diamani Ranch will be at Faith Lutheran this week, you know, if everything goes the way it's supposed to. And I think that'll be a nice litmus for us to find out just who Faith Lutheran is. Diamani Ranch is always a pretty good team. And now let's see how Faith Lutheran rebounds, right? And obviously we'll address that later. But in, in, in context, what we're talking about finding out who Faith Lutheran is, you know, I think Diamani Ranch is going to help us to find that out. And uh, also, I just want to put a shout out to Kyrie Scholes, who unfortunately was injured in that Arborview game. That's one of the star wide receivers, evidently a collarbone injury that's going to put him out uh, uh, six to eight weeks. So hopefully Kyrie gets better fast. He's uh, one of the talented kids in this town that's going to have no problems getting recruited. And uh, now I believe that offers from NAU and a few other schools already. So we hope Kyrie gets better real soon. Yeah, absolutely. Good kid, works hard, and is a talented wideout and just want to see him be able to get on the field and show what he can do. Yes, sir. All right. Well, uh, uh, other than that, some last last week reflection. We want to give a shout-out to Legacy for getting a big win against Vegas. Um, you know, punt return and, hey, big two-point conversion. And, uh, you know, pulled off a, a game at Vegas, which I'm sure was very celebratory for them and uh, for their new coach as far as getting a, getting his first victory, and that's always a good thing. Um, you know, so a little shout-out to Legacy for getting that first victory. 
Yeah. I mean, shout out to Tiny, you know, for returning the the punt. I got to watch that on on Huddle. Or not on sorry, not on Huddle, but on uh Twitter. Twitter. So yeah. that was really cool to see. And then all the kids getting their highlights from the games tweeted out, you know, shout out to Jason Burns, who was a kid that started for me at linebacker since he was a freshman. Now he's a senior. I heard he had a good game. Shout out to uh, Monte Pate, who is the – or Pat, Pate. Pate, yeah. Pate, uh, who was uh, – is a long athletic corner, has an offer from NAU as well. The kid is going to be a, a legit corner. And shout out to the rest of the kids over at Legacy that battled and didn't give up. And they were down 7 nothing the whole game until the final – final uh you know bit there and then shout out to the the new coach for going for two that takes that takes some guts to call a two-point conversion you know if you don't get it you lose if you get it you win and put the ball in Amari Holloway's hands and he and he put it in the end zone so you know congrats to Legacy on that first win Amari did a great job and uh, DeAndre Williams Chicago he did a great job uh I believe, you know, and some other guys that we didn't mention, but some highlights of some of those guys. So, you know, good for them and props to them. So what do we got, Coach? What's that question for this week? Yeah, so last week we got a chance to talk about who we thought the most dominant player that we played against or coached against was. I got to correct one thing. I did say Nick Gates went to Notre Dame. I, I actually remembered right after the show he went to Nebraska. So apologize for getting that wrong because I know that if you went to Nebraska, you're not very happy about someone saying you went to Notre Dame. So all good there. <laughs> but uh, this week, we obviously have college football kicking off, UNLV playing tomorrow, um, Colorado State with your former, our former quarterback, Elias, uh, Evan Elias, playing on Friday for Colorado State. But my question for you is with the college football season kicking off, who do you believe the most dominant or most impactful player is going to be at the college level from Las Vegas? Well, if I was to be impartial and I went with my heart, of course, I'm going to talk about my guy, Evan Elias, but no, that's premature. What I would say is a big shout out to Evan. Uh, he was named the number two guy as a true freshman up at Colorado State. He'll be playing Friday and I've spoke to him numerous times and they're putting special packages in for him. So big things, great things for him to come. And you know what, next year, the year after we might, you know, it might be a solid lock for me to say, absolutely the most impact player. And I hope, hope for my ears to, to, for my lips to God's ears, I hope that that would be the case. But if I had to think about right now and think about levels of play and who and programs and the Alabamas and the LSUs and the Ohio States and, and the Georgias and everything else like that. And there's guys that are there that, that are in these levels. But, you know, when you ask me that question and I think about, okay, it's probably got to be a big time player in a big time program right now, a potential national championship team uh, competing for a national championship. And there was one person who just kind of came to mind right away. And I seen him play a lot in high school and I know he's a beast. We together, you and I seen much film on him and scouted his abilities and whatnot. But I would have to say Haskell Garrett of Ohio state, which I believe you said to me was just named captain coach of Ohio state. Uh, 
and yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I just think that if, if the man has been just named captain at Ohio state, uh, the Ohio state, and you know what their intentions are and what they plan to do every year, they want to be in that final four. They want to be competing for that national championship. And if they're going to, I'm sure they're going to need huge contributions from their defensive captain, Haskell Garrett. So, uh, my choice is going to be Haskell Garrett, former uh, Gorman Gale. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's where I'm at, Coach. I think Haskell Garrett is the guy. All right. I like that pick. The There's a lot of kids, like you said, all around the country playing college football from Vegas. You got Michael Jackson, who had great reports coming out of spring ball over at USC. You got big Darnell Washington at Georgia. You got guys all over the place. Uh, Tate Martell now here at UNLV. Um, but my pick was, it was actually pretty easy. It was the first kid that came to mind was Boba Bolden. And he's going into, uh, you know, his, his, I believe it's his last year at Miami. I don't know if he took advantage of the COVID rule from last year. So he may actually, you know, still have another year of eligibility after this. But I know he's on some watch list for yeah. uh, being one of the top safeties in the country. He's been a playmaker ever since, you know, being a little kid. I remember that game against, um, I forget who it was out of Miami. Was it, uh, was it Booker T? Ah, I know. I think, it, I think it was, uh, um, oh, it's slipping my mind, but it's right there. Wait a minute. It's a, a St. Thomas Aquinas. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where he uh, where he blocked the field goal right, you know, uh, in overtime to 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 give Gorman the victory, yeah. keep, their, yeah, they keep were... their national championship streak, right, and the streak alive, and the and the, the the undefeated streak and everything, and jumped over the top, and yeah, definitely, Bubba's been, and 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 you know, we know, we've known Bubba for a long time. One of our great buddies who coaches with us, uh, Coach Sarabia, you know, play, Bubba played for him, and. You know, it's just, yeah, so he's a he's a homegrown Vegas kid who is super excelled. And I, you know, that's a great pick. I mean, he's getting a lot of hype, Coach. He's, he's all over Twitter. You're right. He's being projected as one of the top safeties to come out after this season. And, man, I, I yeah, I, I can almost say I wish I picked him, but I still stay strong with the captain, Haskell Garrett, as well. And uh, I believe they were teammates, Coach. Yeah, they were teammates their senior year. I think Haskell Garrett moved out to Vegas from Hawaii for a senior season, and they were part of that last national championship team before uh, Martell and all that whole crew graduated and went their separate ways. So, right. Well, that's well, that's, that's a great pick, Coach. So I'm with you there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I think uh, I think we can go ahead and get into the picks and take a look at the 14 games we have in this week's lineup sure uh well i don't know if you want to start in any any particular category we can uh we just go down the list or do you want to stay 5a 4a you know uh what do you think coach you know you make well, the call my dc <laughs> <laughs> since there's some crossover i think we can go ahead and just go down the list and and uh work through the games all right, well, then let's start with the first big rival, the long-standing for the Marlin Olsen Cleat at Chaparral High School. Chaparral versus the El Dorado Sun Devils. So, 
uh, well, you know, reflecting on last week, Chaparral played a very, very strong Green Valley team that has risen up and did some great things against Canyon Springs and, and you know, really did a one-sided uh, job against Chaparral. But I don't think that's uh, indicative of what Don Willis is going to be doing over there at Chap, you know, 4A team versus a 5A team. Here we're looking at a 3A school in El Dorado versus Chaparral. Uh, in rivalry games, you can usually throw that right out. Um, but I think that the Cowboys – I think that the Cowboys are going to be hungry after such a lopsided victory against Green Valley. I know El Dorado has struggled. They struggled against Moapa, which, hey, there's no, no harm in that. I mean, Moapa is Moapa. And uh, I think, uh, did they say Spring Valley, I believe? Um, Virgin Valley, the second game. But And I know they're hungry as well, but I would say that, and it is at El Dorado, Coach, but I'm going to say that the cleats going to stay with the Chaparral Cowboys, and I have Chaparral 21 to 14. All right. Well, both teams struggled to score last week. I believe that the Chap score was 63 to nothing, and El Dorado score was 40 to nothing. So both teams struggled last week. Obviously, Chap played Green Valley, 5A school. That is right now looking like one of the top 5A schools outside of the the big three. Um, El Dorado went to Virgin Valley, and we talked about that. We talked about playing on the road at some of these smaller schools, and they didn't, they didn't you know, have the best their best performance. But being able to come back and get back in and play uh, a team from Vegas, you know, I think is going to make a difference for them. I we got a chance to watch Shap on film because we have that that Green Valley uh, film from the game last week. You know, Shap Shap did some things uh, well. Green Valley didn't have to run a whole lot of offensive plays against them, but he saw their kids come up and be physical at times and you know shed blocks. We haven't been able to see film on El Dorado. This game this week is really just you know. Uh, uh, one of those games that's important for the psyche of the kids because you start losing too many games in the row and the kids stop believing that they can win. So it's important to get some wins early in the season. And I know as coaches, we know that the goal is to get better the, the further the season goes along and peak late at the right time. At the same time for kids psychology, you got to get these kids believing that they can win and believing that they can compete because if they don't believe it, they'll never be able to achieve it out on the field. So with all that being said, you know, you got a veteran in Don Willis. You got a first-year coach in, in uh, BJ. And this game is a toss-up to me. I'm, I'm going to uh, – I know Toodle's going to be mad at me, the D.C. over at El Dorado, <laughs> but I'm going to take uh, Shap. Let me, let me call it uh, 22 to, to 18. Two to eighteen, Shep, and I had twenty-one to fourteen. Yeah, and we shout out to Coach Toodle. I know he's going to have those guys fired up, and you know, uh, I, I think it's going to be a great game, Coach. I, I, I agree with you. It's a, it's going to be a good one, and they're going to be looking for that victory. All right, let's move on. Um, we have our review at Las Vegas High School. 
Uh, this will be the second week in a row that Vegas is home. You know, he dropped a, dropped a uh, heartbreaker to Legacy by a punt return last week and a two-point conversion. Uh, Arborview handled Faith Lutheran 23-3. to And, you know, if you look at those two situations, you go, okay, well, this is an easy pick. Well, I still think it's early in the season. And I think that teams are going to evolve. You don't know what happened to Vegas. I, I did hear undertones that Vegas had uh, a few of the starters not playing last week against Legacy. Uh, you know, it's just in flux right now. We all know that. If you're in the game right now, we're living it. We know it. Uh, this is supposed to be the week where some teams are going to get people back for eligibility and whatnot. Uh, you know, so you don't count Vegas out. But that being said, I believe in Arborview in this game. Um, I think that Arborview, you know, without too much more analysis, I think Arborview, even minus Kyrie Schultz, is going to be just a little bit, maybe a little more than a little bit more superior against Vegas in this situation, especially if you're looking at, you know, mutual opponents and whatnot, what kind of things and performance. So I'm going to go with Arborview 38 and Vegas 10. Yeah, I don't think that the first game of the season was a true representation of Arborview's program, you know, that loss against Liberty. I think that they got back on track last week against Faith, and I think that Vegas, you know, losing last week, they're obviously going to come back and be motivated and want to, you know, get back in the win column. But essentially, we did get a a chance to watch some highlights and stuff on online on Twitter. And I just think that Arborview is going to be too much for them. I think that Arborview is going to play good defense. They're going to line up in the right spots. They're going to, you know, run, execute their game plan. They're going to run, run, uh, you know, their offense and be able to run the ball and be able to play action pass and throw to the David Washington kid, even though Kyrie's hurt, I think they still got talent all around the field, and I think Arborview is going to win this one. Let me call it 42 to 7. 42 to 7. All right. All right, well, next game, Coronado at Cimarron. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Coach. I know for a fact that Coronado was canceled against Basic, and I don't know, has Coronado actually played their first game yet? Because I'm not sure whether they did. Um, they they have not. We were looking at their first game last week. Uh, we were talking about Coach Belitnikov, and they didn't end up playing. So this will be this is one of those teams that will be playing their first first game in week three. Yeah, well, then they're definitely not going to be banged up or anything like They should be going into it healthy and extremely hungry after this offseason, waiting to play their finally their first game. God willing, please let Coronado play their game and um. I'm sure Freddie over there is really anticipating this game. Uh, I believe Cimarron had a, it didn't uh, Spring Valley last week. Spring Valley did a pretty good job against Cimarron. It was pretty one-sided. And um, I think that Coronado is going to be super hungry. And, you know, preseason, if you want to call it preseason anticipation or pick as far as top four teams in 4A, I think we touched base on the fact that Coronado was going to be one of those. So taking all the tangibles into consideration, I'm obviously I'm going to go for the Coronado Cougars. And I think it's going to be a pretty one-sided battle. Sorry, 
uh, Coach Caney, uh, but I believe it's going to be 42 to 6 Coronado over Cimarron, Coach. Coach, I think that I'm pretty similar to you in my thought that Coronado is going to be a tough team. They're going to be a tough out. It's going to get really interesting when they start playing uh, Silverado and, and some of these other schools that are 4A teams that are, you know, might have a chance to really compete for a state championship. I think it's a great opportunity for everyone. You know, you talk about it being in 5A or back before, you know, being in 4A and competing with Liberty and Gorman. It was always challenged to be able to have an opportunity to win a title, you know, not saying that it was ever impossible, but it was definitely, you know, a, a tough road. And all of those teams that have that first real opportunity to hang a banner this year is great. And, you know, with me saying that, I also got to say shout out to Centennial for making it to state uh, in 2019. But that's my long winded way of saying I think Coronado is going to be tough. I think they're going to be a hard out in the playoffs. And I don't think Cimarron is at that same level uh, today. I think Spring Valley is a good team, but I think that Spring Valley would, would have some challenges against Coronado as well. And so I'll take Coronado 28 to 7. 28 to 7. Got it. All right. Well, the litmus test for the Faith Lutheran team that we talked about, the um, – the crew at the Lou, um, the Amani Ranch going, traveling from Reno to Faith Lutheran. Um, don't know a lot about the Amani Ranch. Uh, I think I mentioned last week that they went to California to play their game. Don't recall what the results were, but they did go to California to get their game in. So they have played, not going to be their first game. Obviously, Faith Lutheran had their first game canceled against Legacy, but opened up against Arborview. Uh, and we're going to find out what's up. And uh, I'm still not uh, I'm still not giving up on what Faith Lutheran is going to be as far as a good program and a good team. I know that Diamante Ranch has has been for the in the recent history. I would say within the last seven eight years, Diamante has been a powerhouse up there, um, and they've done very well. I believe. They represented in state a couple of years, had some serious players, uh, I believe a quarterback, big time D1 quarterback, uh, it might be, I might even be the kid who's up there at, uh, in Michigan. But um, that being said, I think it's a litmus. I think we're going to find out a little bit more about Faith Lutheran, but might still be a little bit uh, confused because I have a close game, but I'm picking Diamante Ranch, even though they're traveling down here, 24 to 17 coach. You have that game closer than I do, and I'll tell you why. I think that something that's always interesting, that's always noteworthy, at least, is when you have college or NFL players and or coaches that coach high school football. And one of the biggest differences when you're coaching at, you know, next levels is you get to pick your players, right? And obviously, Faith is a private school. So there's some of that that's included where, you know, kids want to go there and, you know, things like that. Not, you know, I'm not saying anything about recruiting, but I'm just saying that, you know, when you're a college coach, you get to go out and scour the country and find the guys that fit your system. When you're a high school coach, you kind of get what you get and you got to find ways to make it work with them. And I think that's going to take um, 
the staff over at Faith Lutheran some time to do that. I don't think it's something that happens overnight. And because of that, I just think that their offense is going to continue to struggle. And I think that Damani Ranch is going to, you know, send a message for the North this week. And I'm going to take them uh, 28 to 7. 28 to 7. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you make some great points. And I think maybe it, maybe it might take time for Coach Sanford. But uh, let's, you know, there's no vote, no zones for the private schools. Oh, how well we know that. So, you know, like you said, you make a good point. It may take a time. We don't want to say recruit. But at the end of the day, no zones for the private schools. You know, we'll just leave it at that. All right. Well, we both got our picks in for that, and we'll see what happens. Good luck to both of those teams. All right, moving on to the next game. This is a heck of a matchup right here, Coach. I mean, this is a this is a really, really uh, good preview for possibly the top two or three teams that are in the 3A. This is Boulder City at Moapa. Now, as soon as we say that and we go at Moapa, plus it's way out in Boulder City, you, you know, we're here in Vegas and bookmakers, they're going to give you a line on the home team and it's going to be automatically, you're going to get three and blah, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I don't think that there's too far off. You know, Moapa Valley at home has always been a problem. You know, we talk about the small towns and the home cooking, all that kind of stuff. Brent Lewis does a great job, so I'm not taking anything away from when it comes to that. They're a heck of a team. We've we've talked about that as well. Um, Chris has been doing a great job over at Boulder City, scored a lot of points this uh, this year. I, I know that one of the games they played was Western. Uh, I think they did good. Uh, it might have had a, a cancellation against one team, but, uh, you know, cutting through all the red tape of what's going on, uh, this is a heck of a 3A matchup. It's been longstanding. Both schools have been around for a long time as far as 3A schools, rural schools, and I'm sure they're both pumped for it. But at the end of the day, uh, I'm going to have to go to with Brent Lewis and the Moapa Valley team, 32-21. to 21. I think it's going to be a pretty good game. It might be close for a while. Uh, you know, two-score victory for Moapa Valley, and they might meet, them, meet each other again. I like that pick, Coach. Boulder has started off the season well. They've played two opponents that they just outmatched. And this week, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that you give Coach Lewis up at Moapa, uh, you know, any opponent that's in the 3A, and he's going to make it rough to beat those guys. And, you know, that we talk about that small town feel and having those kids year-round that are, you know, grew up together, been playing together since they were four, five, six years old. And that's always a, a distinct advantage when you're playing kids from Vegas that are heading out there to play you. And, you know, there's going to be the, the the crowd out and the fans and, you know, everybody that is supporting the program because they all live there and their neighbors and their family. And I just um, think Boulder's going to struggle when they go out there this week, just, you know, keeping it, keeping it real. And so I'm going to take Moapa 35 to 14. Moapa 35 to 14. All right. All right. Going into the 5A, we have a 5A matchup now. We have Canyon Springs at Desert Pines. Desert Pines game last week was canceled against Foothill. That was going to be a 5A matchup. Uh, and now we have Canyon Springs visiting Desert Pines. Uh, 
you know, we know because we watched the film, we saw what was going on with Canyon Springs. I've heard through the grapevine, they had a lot of players out and they weren't at full strength against Green Valley, Canyon Springs and Green Valley. Uh, I do know that this is the third week and there's a lot of eligible players that might be able to return this week. And that might be a huge thing if that's what goes down at, at Canyon Springs. Uh, and I'm sure that will help them. Desert Pines has been full strength. We obviously know them firsthand because we opened up against them at uh, Palo Verde week one. Uh, DP is what they are. Um, DP for us is a top three uh, team in 5A. Uh, Canyon Springs has slipped back a little bit uh, in what's going on. Um, I would, you know, when I heard something today in one of the other publications that I, I, I really blew my mind and I actually, I don't mind saying this, but I have to give Gus a call. And I, I, I mean, I'm, sh I'm sure I wish I was wrong in this, but I heard that uh, Gus McNair's, one of his sons passed away. And I just, I don't really even know where to go with that, except for the fact that it breaks my heart. I love Gus. Uh, Gus coached with me. I know him very well. Uh, he was a little bit of a protege of mine when he was coming up with Desert Pines and me and helped him out being an offensive coordinator and all kinds of stuff, you know, and he's a friend and I love him. And I, I, I just, like I said, I would hate, I would, I would hate to say that I hope that's wrong, but I, I, I don't know that that's wrong news. And I, I need to reach out to him and I hope that everybody can, you know, stop for a second and say prayers for the McNair family in, 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 if, in that situation. Um, and that being said, uh, you know, we know that things are bigger in life than, than football. Um, but, you know, I guess we'll return to the football pick with a, with a heavy heart. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think that, and that could be a factor in some situations as well. I don't think that Canyon Springs matches up this week with Desert Pines very well, maybe later in the season. Uh, so I have Desert Pines 35, Canyon Springs 3, Coach. All right, Coach. Yeah, I mean, that's the first time that I, that I heard that. And, you know, I, I just... thought it might, and I'm sorry to break it to you that way. It just, when, we, when I saw the game and I saw the matchup and then I, I went, oh, shoot. And so I apologize. So. Yeah, I mean, just uh, Coach McNair, man, nothing but love and prayers for you and your family. And uh, just, you know, breaks my heart to hear that. So all I can really say is nothing but love and nothing but prayers for you and your family. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, never, never never want to see that happen you know yeah, it keeps thing in perspective that we're sitting here picking football games and i totally get it you know and you know so you know uh, unfortunately i'm you know sorry coach for the last minute news and uh hope everybody can appreciate that we're really affected by it and i hope gus feels our love and um you know these are just football picks amongst two football coaches but it's much, much more important as a, as a colleague and, a, and as a personal friends of ours that he feels our love and he knows that we're with him. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And, uh, you know, to the, to the game, I think that Canyon, you know, it, they, they, they didn't have an easy schedule out of the gates. 
Green Valley, Liberty, and then DP. And I really view it, you know, kind of like their schedule a couple years back when they went to Georgia and then they played someone. I think it might have been Green Valley or someone from Henderson, and they had a rough start to the year, but they finished really strong. I think they may have started 0-3 and and finished 6-3, and and that was the year they had that, you know, win in the playoffs that got, you know, uh, changed. But they started off rough and they finished strong, and I think uh, that's just who Canyon is. I think they – they they they're going to figure out how to put their kids in a position to be successful. And even watching the film, you know, their defense played physical at times. They, they uh, rallied to the ball. Safety was coming down and smacking people. Quarterback made some good throws and made some good decisions. It wasn't, I don't feel like the score was a great representation of how that game actually went. So I think there's a little bit of a misconception there about how well, or how much better Green Valley was than Canyon. And so, well, I think DP is probably going to, you know, be able to handle their business this week. I'll, I'll call it um, 42 to, to 10. I just think that Canyon is going to keep getting better. Yeah, I agree. We both agree that they get stronger as the season goes on. All right. Uh, moving to the next game, we have Liberty at Foothill. So, um these are this is a um, cross division game back up into the 5A. Um, haven't seen anything of Foothill yet, uh, so I believe this is Foothill's first game, Coach. And Liberty, you know, we know that they bashed up against Arborview. Um, you know, I don't think that we have to belabor the point of how strong Liberty is. I mean, when we talk about top three, Liberty's in that top three. Uh, you know, they're looking to make a statement, I'm sure, with this game. Listen, it's a Henderson rivalry. You know, those teams are out there. They're close. And uh, I, I just think that at, at this point, especially early in the season, now I, I do know that Foothill was uh, pretty decent in camp. They had some good D linemen. They had some good stuff going on. But still, it's Liberty. And, uh, you know, I think Liberty is raring to go. And they're not trying to take any steps backwards to go forward. Um, so, I have Liberty in an easy victory, 42 to seven over Foothill coach. I'm right there with you, coach. Not that we should be agreeing on every pick, but I think thus far it's made sense with the, with the matchups. And it's unfortunate for Foothill that they didn't get their first taste of football last week coming in and playing a Liberty team that has uh some experience under under their belt now and foothill unfortunately is going to be like most teams first game where you got kids that are nervous you got kids that misalign because the game speed is is faster than what they expected or what they thought you're going to have kids having to tackle live for the first time in potentially you know 18 19 20 months and so i just believe that this week uh, Liberty's going to be way too much for Foothill. I'll take Liberty 49 to nothing. 49-0. Okay. 
And the next game that we have listed is Green Valley Gators versus the Palo Verde Panthers at Palo Verde. Now, I know that, uh, you know, we, we talk a little bit about the game that, you know, and the team that we coach, you know, and we really, you know, try to, you know, stay away from it a little bit. Uh, you know, we've talked about, I think the best way to talk about this matchup is the fact that, okay, well, Palo Verde opened up against the Desert Pine team that is top three, Did, you know, uh, Barnes, the running back, did really well. I think uh, Green um, Palo Verde showed a lot of toughness. Green Valley obviously has done what they've done. We've talked about it. Their previous first two games, Canyon Springs and the Chaparral game, a lot of points. And, you know, just um, overall, I, I, I think that it actually is going to be a pretty good game. I think it's going to be a good matchup. And I, I think I'm going to go out of character, Coach, and I'm going to make a prediction. I am going to predict – that the team with the wild animal as a mascot is going to win that game. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That, that, uh, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so green Valley got a chance to watch film, just talked about their game against Canyon Springs. I thought that Canyon did some good things in that game and, the score wasn't really a uh, true indicator of, uh, you know, those those two teams matched up against each, each other. Um, obviously, Chaparral being a 4A team and playing against Green Valley. Green Valley, you know, was able to run the ball pretty easily against them. Uh, Palo Verde, ZP first, first week, and then uh, Sierra Vista last week. I think there's some talent on the team. I think that uh, there are some opportunities to get better, uh, obviously. And the team has not it reached their full potential or, you know, close to it. And so it's going to be an interesting game because I think it's going to be a game that really shows uh, what and who Green Valley is more than anything because, you know, right now, there's talk of them being world beaters and they may be, but we won't know until after Friday. I think it'll be the, a, a little, you know, litmus test, I guess you can say for them. And, and I think the Palo kids are, you know, looking to, you know, show who they are and, and prove something. So it's going to be an interesting game on Friday. Yeah. And I'd also like to take the time to thank, uh, one of our uh, minor sponsors, Teddy Ortel, legendary offensive line coach for Palo Verde for being the supplier of moisturizer for the Coach Lou and I show. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> moving right along to the next game, uh, we have Bonanza at basic. Bonanza at basic. Okay, so... I know that basics game with Coronado, which we would have loved to see be played because I think that would have said a lot to find out about Coronado and to find out about basic was canceled last week. I know that Bonanza had a game against uh, Cheyenne and uh, did, did very well, scored a lot of points. Um, uh, Cheyenne was a little, you know, shorthanded players, a lot of ineligibilities and so forth. Uh, don't think that that's a representative of what kind of game you're going to get out of this game. Uh, I know that we've mentioned that as far as those 
Henderson top four teams and people should, you know, teams showing up and Cahill and, and the basic wolves. And let's make sure we mention them in the same breath with Silverado and Coronado and basic and uh, Shadow Ridge. And we talk about top fours and everything. So if we're going to hold suit with who they are until they've showed us something different, I'm going to, say that they stay in that conversation. And if that be the case, then I don't think that they're going to struggle with Bonanza. I think Bonanza might show some spirit along in the game and might have some things. But at the end of the day, I think that the basic Wolves uh, win this game 31 to 14, Coach. Basic is an interesting team to me because they've had really great years and they've had some years where they really struggled. And I know Coach Cahill's been there for a long time. And, you know, there's been years where it's taught, you know, they're finishing number two behind Liberty in that division, you know, back when there was uh, no 5A. And then more recently, they they weren't great. They had some struggles. And so basic needs to get out on the field and get a win this week, especially against a Bonanza team that struggled last week. And it's just it just. It shouldn't be close, and I don't mean that in any offensive way to Bonanza. I say that because Basic has to come out and start establishing themselves for this year and uh, prove that it's not just a runaway for Silverado or Coronado or one of these other teams, but they're in the mix. And so with that being the case, I'm going to go ahead and take Basic. It's their first game, so they're going to have some of those first game mistakes. I'll take them 31-7. to they must have a field goal kicker. <laughs> <laughs> 31 to 7. All right. All right. Moving right along, we're going to the Legacy at Centennial. Now, Coach, I don't know. Last week, I know that uh, Cheyenne was supposed to play uh, on Thursday Night Lights. And I know that this game this week, week three, is supposed to be Legacy at Centennial for Thursday Night Lights. Uh, I'm going to have to research a little bit and see if it's playing on Thursday. Uh, if it is, great. I'm re-recording it, and we're checking it out. And if it's played on Friday or Saturday, then wherever the game, whatever the, or whenever the game is being played, I know it's at Centennial. Uh, Legacy coming off that that big victory for them in their opener against uh, Vegas. Uh, Centennial's been struggling. They've, uh, you know, they lost to Shadow Ridge. You know, and then you see Silverado and Shadow Ridge match up and you say, wow, look how good Shadow Ridge is. And then, you know, that's my, you know, but then Silverado and Shadow Ridge have this, you know, heck of a game. It's Silverado comes on top. So how strong are all these? And it's early. And so that being said, I know it's early. And Centennial, I, I, I just at this point. I have to give them a little bit more credit than what they've been showing. Coach Forshee has always done a good job. Centennial always get a, gets a good draw. And I have, I, I just, I have to expect that there will be a turnaround. That being said, is after this week, if we're looking at that matchup and Legacy, and I'm kind of revealing my pick, but if Legacy wins this game against Centennial, then we really have to take a look at it and say, well, maybe it's a rebuilding year for Centennial. And they're really, really not, you know, what they used to be. You know, and so that being said, when I pick this game, take into consideration everything, I know Legacy struggled. They haven't had, they don't have an offensive point. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of, not a lot of uh, production as far as yards, um, 
running I pro running Demario Holloway. It's going to be a tough kid. The defense is going to be tough. So I don't look to a high scoring game. And I, I guess I'm, I, I'm speculating that Centennial is going to turn the corner. And even with them turning the corner, I picked the game uh, Legacy 12 and Centennial 21. What do you think, Coach Lou? Well, first and foremost, you know, the one thing that I said last week is I think Coach Fox is going to have the defense ready. And I had a lower scoring game with them in Vegas. And little did I know they that he was going to have them ready enough just to only give up seven points. So that's that's uh, an awesome, you know, debut as the D.C. at Legacy. And I think that that momentum is going to carry over to the Centennial game. I really believe that Legacy is, you know, like I said, we watched some highlights on Twitter of, you know, different teams and different games. And it was good old uh, – it almost reminded you of the uh, – the, uh, Spencer days or not Spencer, uh, uh, Snyder. Snyder. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I was thinking Spencer cause I was thinking old Cimarron and where it all originated from, but, uh, coach Snyder and I pro, you know, I double tie running power, running ISO running trap, you know, just running that, that very, uh, you know, 21 personnel, simple offense. And so, I think that you got to come with more than that to score a lot of points against Centennial. Uh, at the same time, the Centennial team has, has struggled two weeks in a row, and you can't really look at this team beat that team and then that team beat this team because right. it's high school football and they're high school kids, and they one day they might go out and have a double cheeseburger eating contest before the game. And, <laughs> you know, that's how, that's how high school kids are. We just, we just never know what factors played a role in their performance. However, Centennial losing to Durango last week, who may have got, may or may not have gotten a bunch of guys back. We don't know the inside, insider scoop on that. But I just do not believe that you can play uh, bad defense against uh, – I, let me let me rephrase this. I think that if you play good defense against Centennial, you give yourself a chance to win. I do not think if you play bad defense that Legacy will be able to beat Centennial because of the offense that the that I've seen thus far, at least. So, with that being said, I think Coach Fox, you know, who used to coach at Centennial, gets the guys ready. He has a lot of senior leadership there. I, I, I don't know how many of the defensive starters are seniors, but I got to imagine of the 11, there's probably nine plus seniors on the defense. And with that, I think those kids are going to be ready to play. So I'm going to take a low scoring game. We'll call it 14 to 14 to 10 legacy. 14 to 10 legacy. All right, moving on. Uh, Slam at Valley. Um, Do not, you know, I want to spend a lot of time on this game because I don't know a lot about him. Obviously, I know Coach Kofer and I and I know um, Quincy Burtz over at Valley. Uh, Valley did not have a great game early on. Um, you know, it's just something that in 
in a matter of time. I just, uh, you know, I'm looking at this game as both two teams that have to start getting some things right. Uh, Slam is in the 4A. Valley has been moved down to the 3A. I look at it as a close game. Uh, I think Slam has uh, some good experience. Uh, and I'm just going to, you know, go 17 to 13 Slam over Valley Coach. Not going to belabor it or spend too much time breaking it down when I don't really know much about the matchup. Yeah, Coach, this this game, I I don't have enough insights into the the offenses, the defenses, the coaching philosophies, et cetera. And because of that, I'm just going to pick based on what we've seen thus far. I think that Slam is going to get a victory against Valley. I do still believe that Coach uh, Burtz does a great job over there and gets gets his kids to play hard. I just believe that Slam is a little bit ahead at this point in the season. So I'm going to take them. 21 to 10. 21 to 10. All right. Slam. Uh, next game on the list was Spring Valley and Rancho. And I do know that there was confirmed that their game has been canceled due to protocols with a couple of Rancho kids. So we'll move on to the next contest. And that is Del Sol at Cheyenne. Uh, Cheyenne with a 50 to zero um Lost last week on Saturday, which I thought was going to be on Thursday. And in the news, they talked about the first female quarterback to start in Southern Nevada and everything else like that. Um, I know she, she, you know, I think you mentioned to me that the first play of the game, she was sacked. So it was welcome to, uh, welcome to boys high school football. Uh, but I'm sure she, I mean, you know, listen, all the props in the world, we talked about that. Good for her. That's awesome. Uh, I don't know if she's starting this week or not. Again, don't have a lot of information or insight on what's happening with this game, except for what the performances were previous. Uh, I know Del Sol has struggled as well. Um, and therefore, when I look at both teams struggling and I say, okay, well, Del Sol, new coach, Cheyenne, new coach, a lot of adversity that they're facing. Let's just sum up all the adversity, put it all together. And I say there's a total of 16 points scored in the game, and I'm going to give Del Sol the edge. Del Sol is going to win the game 10 to 6. That was really, coach. really, yeah, that was really, really cool. I guess is the best word that I'm going to use today to see that a a uh, woman starting quarterback started for Cheyenne. That that's that's awesome. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. I talked about it in last week's show that I have I've had a chance to coach flag at Gorman, and there are girls all around the valley that are good football players. You know, whether they're uh, male or female, they're good football players. The size thing is always going to play a factor. The size and the you know, some other variables like that. But I think that she opens the door for more possibilities in the future. And I think there are going to be girls that look at her and see that she did it. Why can't I? And I know that there are girls around the city that are playing on lower level teams, on freshman and JV teams. But for her to come out and be the starting varsity quarterback, regardless of the outcome, is is, uh, you know, opening a, a, a door that hasn't been opened before, at least here in, in Vegas. So shout out to her and shout out to Coach Bennett for 
making that decision. And I think that, uh, you know, Cheyenne's going to continue to improve each week after week and, you know, get better at running the offense, get better at running the defense. And, um, yeah, it's just really, really, really cool story there. With that being said, I don't think Cheyenne has the uh, the tools to be able to beat Del Sol this week. Del Sol, I'm going to pick. I can't I can't keep picking uh, scores with field goals because I know, you know, not all teams are spoiled with field goal kickers like, you know, the handful of teams that that have them. So I'll go ahead and pick uh, Del Sol 21 to seven. All right, 21 to seven. All right, next game we look at, we have two more. Uh, we have Clark at Sunrise Mountain. All right. Um, I, Clark was the team that played Cheyenne on a Saturday and won 50 to nothing against Cheyenne. Um, I don't think indicative of the strength of either team or what's going on. Uh, I think Clark is, is probably a little further in the progression of their program right now with first year coaches and having the opportunity to develop some stuff. Um, I think the Clark has always had, a, you know, a pretty good mix of some talent. I mean, you know, in the years past, they always get a pretty good mix of talent. Sunrise mountain. Um, I think surprisingly against Bonanza last week, uh, stayed in the game and, uh, you know, I just see more of that, but at the same time, I don't see a 50-point um, output by Clark. But I am going to go with Clark High School on this one, even though it's at Sunrise Mountain. I think the Chargers are going to be ready to get the their next victory. Uh, I believe it's going to be a bigger challenge for them. Sunrise Mountain is going to be uh, a stronger team at this point than Cheyenne. But I have Clark 28, Sunrise Mountain 14. Clark, a couple years back, I remember they started, they started the season five and zero or six and zero or something along those lines, and they started off really tough, and then they got to league play, and they lost some games in league, and they ended up losing to, I believe, Sierra Vista, and then they lost to uh, a Durango, and then they lost to another team, and they ended up having a much rougher season than you would have anticipated you would have thought they were the favorite um down in the 3a i believe right clark was down in the 3a until recently is that correct yeah they were right so sunrise i expect sunrise to win the game um actually and the reason i say that is because sunrise is a team that has tough kids. You know, they have tough kids. They they compete. They've won some games that they weren't supposed to win in the past. And I know new year, new, you know, new staffs, new players, everything else. But um, I think that them playing at home this week, they can pull the upset. And that may not even be an upset, but I'm going to go ahead and take um, Sunrise, 31 to 21. 31, 21. And yeah, it was Mojave, Mojave that visited Sunrise Mountain last week that uh, beat Sunrise Mountain and uh, Mojave, you know, did pretty good against them. Uh, but Sunrise Mountain was in the game for a while. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, could be, I think that uh, it could go 
go either way. So it's a good pick. Uh, and last but not least on the picks for this week is Bishop Gorman going to the East Coast to the Florida Sunshine to play Miami Central. Uh, we've talked, you know, about Bishop Gorman. You've been, you know, coaching flag football, Bishop Gorman. You've been over there. You've been around the program. We could talk over and over again about. I, I've said it to more than enough people that I feel that Gorman is loaded. I think that they've really stocked up. I think with the uh, with Coach uh, Brownie coming in, and uh, you know, I just think that the support over there that after you know, two thousand. 19 season and not winning a state championship that Gorman just decided, you know, and the powers that be and, you know, the names and the backings and everything else that they're going to load up. And listen, I've talked about it already. When you have four D one running backs, just four D one offered guys in one position before one of them transferred just in that one position, they're loaded all over the place. And I know that when you go down to Miami and you're talking about Miami central, that's legit also. But I think back to these games of when loaded Gorman teams went down or out of state to play teams. And, you know, I think back to uh, the, I, I, the game in um, Texas when Tate Martell was playing that they won. And even the same Thomas Aquinas where they came. And I know we talked about Bubba Boulder blocking the uh, field goal to win the game. And you know what, though? But both of them, you're looking at a situation where who won? Bishop Gorman won. Even though these teams are what they are, I believe that Bishop Gorman is what it is. And therefore, I don't know if it's an upset upset or not, but I'm going to side with the Bishop Gorman Gales in this game in a close one. I'm saying 28 to 7, Bishop Gorman. Wow, 28 to 7. I'm, excuse hey. me. Let me, coach, let me rephrase that. I, I read it wrong. I apologize to the <laughs> listeners. 28 to 27. I know that's a big difference. Ooh, okay. 28 to 27, okay. coach. I know I almost blew your mind with that one. <laughs> okay. My, yeah, I'm sorry. I, My bad. Yeah, the reason I said it uh, and I was so shocked is because if I'm remembering correctly, the last time, well, let me not say the last time, but when Gorman lost uh, the streak, right? Because Tate Martell never lost when he was at Gorman and they won their uh, national championships and back to back and DTR senior year, correct me if I'm wrong, but Gorman lost to Miami central when uh, Todd Gurley, I believe it is his little, it, it might've been Todd Gurley or it might've been uh, another Georgia back. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not remembering which Georgia running back it was, but they, they had the Georgia uh, running backs, little brother, who was another top recruit. And uh, they were running a variation of the triple option, but out of, I believe it was out of pistol, if I remember correctly. And uh, they were run like uh, wishbone, you know, pistol wishbone, and they were running triple option and, and the uh, running back ran all over them. And that was, Gorman's uh, first loss, I believe, after the streak. It may not have been their first loss, but I know it was a loss to Miami Central. Am I right in saying that it was Miami Central? 
that came here to Gorman I, I, and lost to make. They got. I know stuck. that it was a Florida team, and I, 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 I'm not sure. Okay, now you know we talk about our state games, and I'm gonna say I don't believe it was Aquinas. It could have been Booker T. Washington, and if it wasn't Booker T. Washington, then it was Miami Central. Yeah, I believe it was Miami Central, and they got stuck here because of uh, the hurricane, whether it was a hurricane. I do recall that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I do recall that. Yep, and they were raising, you know, people were raising money to be able to feed them and house them until they could go back home. So if my memory serves me correctly, Gorman lost to them a couple years back. The difference today is one is are actually a couple things. One is that the kids over at Gorman, they a lot of their team played for uh, the Vegas Strong youth team. And one of the distinct advantages that the Vegas Strong youth team has is that they travel all across the country and have played in Florida many times. Their quarterback, Micah Alejado. Uh, I believe won a national championship at the at the uh, 14U level in Florida, and so when you look at their roster and their kids that have experience traveling around the country, one of the factors that I would say would be to Gorman's disadvantage is traveling, you know, all the way across about as far as you can get from Las Vegas, besides going up north to New York and playing in Florida. But because these kids have experience in it and because these kids, uh, you know, I've played a lot of them have played together for years. And, uh, you know, they have the coaching staff that they have coach canceled back and they have a coaching staff that has experience in big games. I think that Gorman is going to go out, but I do not think it's going to be an easy victory. I think it's going to be a hard fought battle. And I really think it could go either way. But being a Vegas guy, I'm going to pick Gorman and I'm going to pick uh, the guys that I know that I believe can go out and do a good job from the kids to the coaches and everyone in between. So I'll pick Gorman in this game with a with a final score of 17 to 14. I think it's going to be a defensive battle. 17, 14. I got 28-27. Well, Coach Lou, um, another another great week. Week three of picks we, wraps us up as far as for all the picks. Hope, uh, like I said, all these games are played. And um, look forward to getting back on the podcast. Just want to mention that we will uh, be trying to get some guests on our podcast in the upcoming weeks. Hope maybe some high school football coaches here in the area that could come on and um, – Maybe some college coaches that I've uh, that I'm friendly with that uh, said that they would be able to if their schedule allows to come in. So hopefully we'll have that to look forward to in the future. But you know, at this point, um, I guess it's time for us to wrap it up. And as always, I just want to say that it is an honor and a pleasure to work with you, Coach Lou. I want to uh, thank everyone who is tuning in to listen to the Coach Lou and I show. And I want everybody to stay blessed and stay safe. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Coach Ice. And we'll see you next week.